0: everyone welcome to the odd drummer gaming podcast a podcast about movies based around video games there's also plenty of talk of video games movies and tv shows of all genres i also regularly discuss updates and struggles on my journey as a video creator on youtube which no one asks or wanted this podcast is a must miss welcome to episode 7 laura croft Tomb Raider from 2001. Uh, last episode, I think I it's the episode where I accidentally took two tablets of Ritalin and I started the episode talking about the side effects of my depression and anxiety medication and I ended with what shampoo I was using. So that was embarrassing. So I'm going to try to tighten things up in this episode. Maybe not try not to wander off the topics too much. As far as an update on me... Um, I, I uploaded on YouTube a Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2 predictions um, video, and it actually took me a long time because capturing gameplay is actually, it's not glamorous at all. It's actually quite repetitive, and I think I mentioned that before, but it takes a really long time, and especially with like games like Final Fantasy VII where sometimes it's a really slow pace and you just... You need to get ahead and it takes a long time to get to the areas where you need to capture footage so that one took me a couple days to capture footage and i put it up and it's interesting because as an as a new youtube creator as a new video creator on youtube you want people to watch like and comment on your videos but i i've got a couple comments like i got a comment on a previous video where i all i was doing all i was doing was comparing Final Fantasy 7 Remake with Final Fantasy 15. And I was comparing the linearity of Final Fantasy 7 Remake with the open world of Final Fantasy 15. That's all I really did. I just compared the two. And in the end, I said, I think I slightly prefer the linearity of Final Fantasy 7 Remake because I I, just, I think it really worked for that game. And, and I, I love that game. So And I didn't mention Final Fantasy 13 at all. But I got a comment. comment. Comment saying, Oh, you FF7 fanboys, you. You hate the linearity, you hate You hate the linear world of Final Fantasy XIII, but for Final Fantasy VII Remake, you love it. You guys are such hypocrites, I got, and that's something I have to deal with, or I could ignore it. I usually ignore stuff like that, but I tried to remain calm, and I was just like, it- it's okay to not like Final Fantasy VII Remake, I wouldn't call you a hater, and then I tried to calmly explain why I didn't like Final Fantasy Thirteen. because I actually really don't like final fantasy 13 it's just not for me i bought it when it came out i tried playing it i it was the first final fantasy that i played and then i i think i played 10 hours and then i stopped and then i never played it again i didn't play it for i don't know how long like a long long time and i just didn't want to pick it up again i had no interest and i i I didn't want to lie to this person, but I just said I it wasn't the linearity of Final Fantasy 13 that I didn't like. I just the last time I played it, I tried playing it again and I was 30 hours in and I was not into it. I didn't like the story, I didn't like the characters. I didn't care about anything. And I still didn't like the Falci, La I I couldn't follow any of that. None of it interested me. I couldn't tell the, I couldn't tell you the difference between Falci and Lacie. All I mean the language really was a turnoff for me and i I own the trilogy of final fantasy 13 and i will never play two or three just because there's not enough time i I have no interest in it that those games are not for me i like that i own it because you know completionist or whatever but final fantasy 13 is not for me but it's just funny that all i all i did in the video was compare the linearity of Final Fantasy 7 Remake with the open world of Final Fantasy 15. I didn't even mention Final Fantasy 13 and this person was all up in my business about Final Fantasy 13. So that's something that a video creator on YouTube has to deal with. And then in my predictions video, I got a comment. So basically a Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 1 goes through 18 chapters, 18 pretty lengthy chapters and it's all Midgar it's just Midgar and I'm actually playing through the original now and the Midgar for me was about four and a half hours so they took four and a half hours of the original game and somehow expanded it into like a 50 plus hour full game and so what I did in this predictions video is I planned out the 18 chapters and it landed me on Cosmo Canyon so my prediction is that the part two will end at Cosmo canyon and so i got a comment saying boring that that ending is boring there's no way part two is going to end at cosmo canyon because it's boring and so i was like i tried to be polite i'm like oh you're probably right but then again like the part one ends with a sephiroth fight in midgar when sephiroth was never even in midgar so part two can do anything i mean to say there's no way that part two will end at cosmic Canon part two can be anything it can literally it can end in another sephiroth fight it can be anything but that's kind of annoying and then so i replied to him like you're probably right blah, blah blah and i've i've been getting a lot of comments like um i think the weapons i think they'll tease the weapons and at the end of part two like just there's a lot of theory a lot of predictions and my immediate feeling was like i don't know if i want to make prediction videos or theory videos because you get a lot of pushback with people who disagree. I guess you'll get a lot of pushback no matter what videos you upload, no matter what you put up. You could put drum videos and someone will say, you suck. I guess people will be contentious no matter what you do, but I don't know. It, it was kind of, I kind of felt this cloud over me. Like, oh, this just like, it's not even negative comments. I'm just not used to dealing with people and I, I have to k- try to connect and interact and, and talk Talk to people. That's the whole point of, of YouTube, trying to connect with people. I'm telling you, like, I don't know, like I, YouTube is about connecting with people and I like have no motivation to connect with people. And but again, when you start on YouTube, you start with why. And the alternative is to go back to an office job and office job for me is worse than death so i have to figure out a way to enjoy interacting with people i don't know i also uploaded a mako reactor battle theme so basically i made i mentioned that i made that mako reactor battle theme linear drum fill idea where i really tried to be funny i i refuse to watch it now cuz i'm sure it's cringe but i up i uploaded a short version of that as a youtube short it's like 30 seconds i don't understand how shorts work one of my shorts has over 3000 views on it and then this short has six views on it so I I don't know what's going on and I'm feeling kind of lost on the YouTube thing I for me I'm at this stage where it's like I have to do soul searching I have to figure out what I'm able to contribute on the platform what I'm what 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 value I'm able to offer people because I don't know if it's drums I don't know if it's games I just know that I love drums and I love video games So, I don't know. I got my dog Callie on my lap that's spelled K H A L I. Please spell it right. So. I mean, I like I, I mentioned before, a lot of people have, they go into YouTube, they have a career, they have a job, they have knowledge and experience, and I don't really have that. So when you have a career, if you're a therapist, then you can make a billion videos on therapy and based on your experiences and your passions, and I just, I, I don't have that. So I, I still have to figure it out. I have to figure out what I'm able to contribute? How can I affect people? How can I help people? I don't know. And it doesn't help that every time I go on YouTube, there's like fart videos that are three seconds long. They get hundreds and thousands of views. And it also doesn't help that I click on those videos. That's why it gets recommended to me because I click on them. I also click on these weird cuterebra videos where they extract these cuterebra larvae from animals. I don't know why, but it's weirdly satisfying to see those videos. I'm already off track. I I said at the top of this thing that I didn't want to go off track too much. I'm talking about cuteribra videos. I've been calling it like the TV movie corner and the gaming corner, but that's too... that's I don't want to copy We'll See You in Hell beat for beat. Oh, that's funny. Because I want to call this the TV and movie beat since this... This podcast is called Odd Drummer Gaming, which makes no sense. This podcast is not about drumming. It's not about gaming. Well, it kind of is about gaming. But it is odd, so I'll give you that. I I remember um, stammering, stuttering like a little bitch. Ralph Garman used to be on K-Rock on the Kevin and B show, Bean Show. And I think he had a segment called the Movie Beat. So I hope this isn't copyright infringement, but I'm going to call this the TV Movie Beat because this is the Odd Drummer Gaming Podcast and drummers have beats. I'm going to try to go quick with this because I have a lot. I don't know how much... I seem to spend... Well, maybe not all the time, but I feel like I'm going to spend more time on the TV Movie Beats rather than the main subject of the show, which is this is Laura Tomb Laura Croft Tomb Raider. And I'll just be honest up front, I'm not gonna have a lot to say about that movie, but here's the T V movie beat. I have I have a lot. I'll try to go quick. I watched Southside with you. I I gave it four and a half stars. I liked it a lot. I watched it with my wife. My wife's always asking for romantic movies. And I don't think there's a lot of good ones out there. There's a lot of formulaic, tropey, romantic comedies that literally have the same storyline over and over again guy and a girl meet hilarity ensues it it there's conflict and at the end it gets resolved and they hug or whatever and then there was a i think an this american life episode where they talked about romantic comedies and there's a there's a term at the end of the romantic comedy called a a run cute or a cute run or something where it's that it's that moment where you're running to the airport or you're running to the bus or where you have to run and catch the girl or the guy or whatever it's they're all very tropey they're all the same but anyway south side with you was very good the guy was very good he sounded like obama he looked like obama and it was just a very sweet well done movie and that girl it's hard to believe that girl was the girl from sonic and this is like i'm a i'm ashamed to say this but i had no idea that like about michelle obama i had no idea that she was so ambitious and she wanted to well i'm taking this movie as if it's fact i'm assuming most it's mostly true or at least heavily influenced by the truth but i had no idea she was like i think she was a lawyer in the movie and she wanted to make a difference and like i feel like i should read up on her i'm not going to i i'm just being honest i'm not going to but all i know about her prior to this movie all i knew about her was that she's obama's wife that's all i know about her but in the movie she's extremely well spoken and i like since they're both lawyers they're like they speak to each other as if they're in an argument or like kind of arguing back and forth and i like that and i just i really like the movie it's kind of sweet movie and well done and a really good romantic movie that's not not as tropey as the others and i like how she was so concerned with like appearances and the office politics but at the end of the day the heart wants what the heart wants you know I, w- I wonder if she's like resentful at all because in the movie she wants to accomplish all these things and then now she's just like Obama's wife she's the president's wife she's the first wife that's gonna define her for the rest of her life like I wonder if she's resentful at all I don't know I'm not gonna read about it I I'm just being honest I said I'd be quick and that wasn't quick at all here I watched Batman Begins and I liked it a lot. I gave it four and a half stars, and I'm a big fan of origin stories, and this was just a really good origin story. And the the Batman movie, Tim Burton's Batman, I think 1989, he was already full Batman in that movie. And I love Michael Keaton. I still think he's the best Batman and the best Bruce Wayne. But Batman Begins, he starts from the very beginning. I mean, they always show this origin story with the pearls and the Paris, like... uh, They don't need to show that ever again as long as anyone lives. But I like that they showed his story growing up. I like how the dad says, why do we fall, Bruce? And I like his story about training in the mountains. I I don't know if that's from the comics, if he actually trained with Ra's al Ghul in the League of Legends or Shadows or whatever it is. But I, I really liked it a lot. I liked it so much that when I started The Dark Knight... I I was honestly kind of bored with the Dark Knight and so much so that I actually stopped it and I decided, you know what, I'm gonna give some space. I really enjoyed Batman Begins, but I'm gonna give it some time, some space, and then I'm gonna come back to the Dark Knight because I I remember liking the Dark Knight, so I don't know what's going on. Maybe I'm tired, maybe I'm off, maybe it's the meds, I don't know, but I'm going to come back to it. But Batman Begins was awesome I really I really like Joey Potter in it she's a really pretty gal and my brother really doesn't like because my brother's been a fan of Joey Potter since the Dawson's Creek days and he really doesn't like that they recasted her with Maggie Gyllenhaal but whatever side note I I have like a really weird dark humor and it's to the point where I don't a lot of the times I don't share my jokes because I don't want to offend people. And I also like like dick jokes and I don't know what you call it, sex jokes, perverted jokes. And I think like in when We'll See You in Hell, it works because it's two guys talking and it, it feels like two guys, two friends, two best friends just talking and joking around with each other. But when it's just me Talking to myself, it, it just sounds like I'm a lonely pervert. So that's why I refrain myself from making comments and jokes like that. I am off topic. I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Jessica Beale. I don't have too much to say about it. I gave it three stars. I, I liked it okay. Jessica Biel is really hot in it. I'm just just after saying I wasn't gonna make comments like this and two seconds later later I'm making comments about it, but Jessica Biel is really hot in it And I don't know what it's kind of made me think like what what are the ties between horror and like nudity and a big Boobed lead. I don't know what that's about, but they have her in like a tank top and that's like tied at the belly button so, I don't know, but that's that's essentially all I can say about it, is that Jessica Biel was hot in it. There were some effective moments in it, but towards the end, it made me feel so gross and miserable that I was just fast-forwarding it, and I have no interest in really watching it ever again. But by the time she was trying to save her friend, who was hooked onto the thing, and I guess I barely remember she had to shoot him or something, I was heavily fast-forwarding it, and... It's just, it's not, not really my bag. I gave it three stars. I watched She's Out of My League with my wife. Like I mentioned, she likes romantic comedies or mo- romance movies in general. <laughs> and we liked it. I was easily gonna give it three and a half stars because it's, it's kind of just like an innocuous, funny movie. But there was one moment, one moment that had us really laughing really hard. So I bumped it up to four. It was the scene where... It was the scene where they're at the restaurant and he's wearing a red jacket and this lady gets up from her seat and starts to leave with her husband and the and, and he she forgets her sweater so he brings the sweater over to her and they're like oh thank you young man and the guy tries to tip him like a few dollars or whatever and i i don't i can't really explain why but my wife my wife started laughing really hard at that. Like one of those laughing trips where you can't stop. And it made me laugh really hard. And it was just a fun moment. So I bumped it up to four stars because of that moment. Alice Eve in that movie is unbelievable. And then Hiccup from How to Train a Dragon. He's fine. He, he reminds me. He reminds me of my nephew, but um, he's fine. It's the first time I saw Alice Eve, and I thought she was unbelievable in that movie. It's also the first time I saw T.J. Miller, and I felt like T.J. Miller was like a poor man's Van Wilder, which is ironic because they would both star together in the Deadpool movies later on, and T.J. Miller has gone on to allegedly beat people or something like that. But She's Out of My League is is a good romantic comedy. I feel like some of the comedy attempts, some of the scenes were overlong. They could have been cut down to be a little more concise and funnier, but, but it's a decent movie. It's fun. Also watched Goodfellas. I gave it four stars. Pat Walsh always says this is his favorite movie, and Joe says it's not his favorite movie but one of his favorite movies and i i'm glad I finally got to watch it and I'll understand all the references now that they make on the podcast i I liked it um it's not really my type of movie but I liked it and I feel like I should watch i i want to watch it again because I, I I'm sure I didn't love it as much as joan Pat did do it's just it's not really my type of movie but i I liked it. It was really well done. Like, Pat always references that moment. It's like 10 seconds from the end when Ray Liotta looks at the camera. He breaks the fourth wall and starts talking and walking towards the camera. And he said it's like the most riveting moment in film history. And it's like the first time he saw porn. And for me, I just remember watching it. I'm like, oh, the movie ended. Like, so I feel like there's something I didn't get about that movie, but I do want to watch it again. And I want to watch Casino next, because I've never seen Casino. I, wa- I want to watch Raging Bull. I did watch Taxi a while back, and I liked it, but um, I, tr- me and my wife tried watching The Irishman a, f- a y- few years ago, and it, it's so long, like, I, that length... The running time is daunting to me. Like I don't know if even if it's a good movie, even if it's a great movie, like three and a half hours, it's just too much to me. So we, I, I remember stopping it, and I, and she, I remember she was into it, and she was like, "Why are you stopping it?" And I'm like, "This is three and a half hours. I don't know if I can do it." So I have, I still have not finished The Irishman to this day. But I think if we start it up again, we'll just start it from the beginning, which is a f- another full three and a half hours. So I don't know. I also watched Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Which I'll get to at the end, I watched Logan's run again. I heard this from the podcast. We'll see you in hell. Pat was talking about the Omega Man, and he said it he loved like the first half hour, and this also applies to I am legend, like a really strong half hour, and then it loses him, and it doesn't stick the landing and then Joe mentioned that. A lot of movies are like that like logan's run run so he mentions like 90 minutes but i clocked it at like an hour for the first hour i was like fully invested i i loved the premise i loved i loved everything about it like the the futuristic setting i was just totally invested totally into it for the first hour and then around the time they get to the ice area i started to lose interest and then when they got to the outside world and talking to the old man, the movie comes to a screeching halt. A screeching halt. And that's what brought the movie really down. So I, I still gave it four stars and I liked it a lot because I, I can't discount the, the first hour, which is really great but I I can't say I loved it. The ending was like, okay, it was fine. What was interesting is in, in the movie, he ends up having like a contentious relationship with his friend Francis. And then he fights Francis and ends up killing Francis. But I read that in the book, Francis ends up being like some legendary man who's like really 42 years old. And he's like secretly helping everyone. And then Logan and Jessica escape but Francis remains to to help more people escape. I'm like that sounds a lot more intriguing than when, than what happens in the movie where they just fight with Francis and end up killing him. I I I just I don't understand why they have changed things from the book. If you're gonna make if you're going to make a movie based on a book, why why do you change these pivotal things? It, it doesn't really make sense to me. But Logan's Run kinda reminded me of Hunger Games and. I guess I'd call myself a fan of The Hunger Games. I remember me and my wife watched Hunger Games, the first one at home, just kind of randomly. And she loved it so much that at the end, she's like, is there a next one? Is there a next one? And they they haven't even made the second one yet. So we had to wait for the second one. And then I ended up loving the, the second one a lot. But Logan's run reminds me of Hunger Games, how it's kind of dystopic. And there's just kind of some like running themes instead of having this kid's kill each other because of punishment of the empire or whatever they end up killing everyone who reaches 30 due to overpopulation it's like it's not exactly the same but it feels similar to me even down to like they go down to this stadium area or like it's kind of like a coliseum like area and they're cheering renew renew when everyone's like rising up and dying that reminded me of of Hunger Games, where people are in the audience. Like ch- the whole TV thing is kind of weird. And then even when they they kill a runner, and then they're like clean up, clean runner, clean up, and then this weird like. It's a person, but it's he's like riding a robot. Not a robot, but riding some sort of mechanical vehicle to clean up the runner. That reminds me of Hunger Games where they these machines come to pick up the dead. So I, I feel like it was similar. I, I haven't read anything if it was confirmed influence, but I imagine it was. And also, I remember after watching the Hunger Games, I thought it would be cool if they made a prequel based on... I forget his name, but the guy from Kingpin. Um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting Woody Harrelson. Like if they focused on Woody Harrelson's life and how he was forced into the games, because they they kind of talked about it in the in the movie. I think they came across a tape where Woody Harrelson was competing in the games and I thought that it would be cool if they made a prequel based on, on that. So they did make a prequel, but I haven't picked up the book so I have no idea what it's about. I guess it was how Pan Am was developed or or the what do you call it? The what do you call the districts, how the uh, how the districts were formed or something? I don't know. I haven't I haven't read it. If I had money I might pick it up, but probably not. I don't know. But Logan Run, I gave it four stars. It was it was good. Like, sometimes I watch an older movie and then I say, oh, I didn't like it. Most likely because it's old. But I can't really say that anymore because I watched Logan's Run. I watched 2001 Space Odyssey and really liked that a lot. So I can't really say that excuse anymore. I also watched Lara Croft Tomb Raider The Cradle of Life. But that'll be a separate e- episode. It'll probably be the next episode. I just watched X-Men First Class Today. Because me and my wife started watching High Fidelity, the TV show on Hulu, again because of Joe DeRosa praised it a lot on the podcast. And I've seen Zoe Kravitz in things before. Like I watched Big Little Lies or whatever that was. She wasn't, like, she was in it. I don't know if she was one of the main stars, but. She was kind of somewhat of a side character. I've seen her in things before, but this show, after the first episode, I was like in love with her. I don't know why I can't explain it, but I'm like in love with her. So check out high fidelity on Hulu if you want. So I want to check out her, her other stuff. So I checked out X-Men first class and I I liked it. I remember I watched it a while ago and it was, I didn't love it. I just thought it was okay. And this time I, I liked it more, but the stuff that bothered me the first time still bothers me. The worst thing about it is the scene where the kids are all together and they're showing each other the powers, and then they they start clapping, and I, I don't know why, but that scene really bothers me, It I feel, I find it so awkward and so cringe, they do the powers, and they're like, oh, oh, oh I just, I think it's so weird, I think they could have done it a lot better, I don't like that scene, I don't like that sequence, and it honestly bothers me to the point where it brings the movie down, like, I gave it four stars on Letterboxd, but they don't allow you to do... Point seven five, but I would give this movie like a 3.75 or a 3.8 because of that sequence alone also when Banshee does his power he opens his mouth all weird I'm like okay maybe that's how it was in the comics or like they should have just done it better because it looks awkward also Zoe Kravitz herself is is awkward she has to open her mouth weird like hey it, she looks and and I said in my Letterboxd review, like, kudos to the actors for committing, but those scenes are weird. Like, why do you have to open your mouth weird? Like, I wish the director or writer had done it differently. But I really liked Michael Fassbender. I like him as an actor and a performer. He's always been good from... This movie up through Dark Phoenix, they they really tapped into that character well. And he's like this tragic anti-villain who has all this anger in him. And even the greatest mind in the world can't convince him to change into something good. Like he can't help but kind of be evil. And even in Dark Phoenix, he's like staying away from everyone, but he can't help but destroy things, I guess. Uh, I'm not saying it well, but anyway. I will comment on this. So Pat Walsh says the word prurient. I've never heard the word outside of the podcast We'll see you in hell when he's used it a few times. But X-Men First Class is a very prurient movie. I can't even say it. It's a weird word to say. Prurient. It should just be purient. I, I looked up the word purient and it correct Google corrected me to Prurient? That's a weird that's a weird word. Just take out that first R. So here's why X-Men First Class is a prurient movie. First of all, it has four of the hottest ladies in Hollywood, which are Zoe Kravitz, Rose Byrne, January Jones, and Jennifer Lawrence. In that order. Those are like four of the hottest ladies in Hollywood. And if you can if you want to add, you can also add Annabelle Wallace, who is the girl with two different colored eyes, and Rebecca Romaine who cameos as an older mystique so really there's six of the hottest women in Hollywood in this movie so that's A B. Rose Burns entrance into the fray is she's wearing lingerie that she has to get into a private club and there's a bunch of women wearing lingerie that's b c is january jones breasts are hanging out for most of the movie i forget what letter we're on but what else is there mystique they kind of pan up up and down her body sometimes and when she's all blue like her her breasts are there and wonderful and then i'm just going to open up my review prurient okay so zoe kravitz entrance is she's a stripper and almost performs a private lap dance and she's her entrance is really hot and then here's the kicker of the prur- pruriency when professor x and beast are training with havoc beast makes an x on a mannequin using black tape and as he puts the tape on the mannequin, he literally grabs the breast of the mannequin. He gropes the mannequin, and Professor X goes, Remarkable work, Hank, thank you. I had to rewind it like four times because I kept going, Did that really happen? And it did happen. You can you can you can check it out yourself, rewind it, and yes, it did happen. So it's a very pure movie. But X Men First Class, it's a pretty good movie. I would say it's three fourths of a good movie, and then one fourth there's just some awkward, cringe moments in it that I I really wish they would take out or fix. I I I haven't been talking about the Mandalorian. I guess every time I do these podcasts, I forget that I've been watching the Mandalorian. But Mandalorian is a really good show, and we watched the season finale, and I remember watching that scene where spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the season finale of season two of The Mandalorian, skip ahead 30 seconds or a minute or so. I don't think anyone's listening to this anyway, so none of this matters. But like, I kept looking at whoever this Jedi was coming up into the thing, and I I was like, First, I was like, I think it's Ahsoka. And I'm like, maybe it's maybe it's Luke. Maybe it's Luke Skywalker. and But then the way they were filming it and the music was like, maybe it's a bad guy. It kind of looks like a bad guy. But that was just, what do you call it? A red herring. Uh, uh, maybe that's the wrong term. Trying to throw you off the scent, but ended up being Luke. And it was cool and i i like the mandalorian it's it's one of the things that me and my wife really look forward to watching on disney plus so so we're fans of the show she actually just bought i guess you would call it ugly sweaters of the kid or baby yoda or grogu grogu i mean it's kind of a weird name but i guess it's kind of cool she bought ugly so it doesn't look like an ugly sweater though but it's kind of in that style and i have gained a lot of weight over the quarantine pandemic and so it's x she bought i'm usually a large and she bought an xl and i put it on and it was tight so i'm i asked her like is this a boy's size i personally think it's a boy's size because it's tight on me Unless I'm a double XL, in which that is super depressing. I need to drink more water and exercise. I haven't exercised since 2008 or something like that. I'm sure there's a couple of other things that I've been watching. But I was listening to We'll See You in Hell. And they talked about Stranger Things 3. And I'm not a huge Stranger Things fan. So I was listening to the episode. And they were talking about this uh, little black girl in the in the show. Who was eating ice cream. And she was like really annoying. And I don't know why. But that character kind of intrigued me. So I was like I kind of want to watch to see who this annoying girl is. So I watched like the first one and a half episodes, and I liked it, and I could see who the girl is. I think she's the younger sister of the Black Boy in the show. I'm not sure, but they kind of showed her. I didn't even get into the show enough to see her character like there was a small exchange between her and the the boy, just kinda exchanging insults, so I'm assuming they're siblings, but I saw enough of it, but like I was enjoying the show, I thought it was funny, like. One of the funniest moments is when, I don't know any of their names, I think his real name is Wolfgang Puck, or Wolfhard, Finn Wolfhard, I don't know. When Finn Wolfhard, Gang Puck, when he says he's talking to Eleven, and he's like, oh, my Nana is sick. Um, I think she, we, she needs to go to the hospital. And then the mom goes, what? Because the mom was overhearing, like, that made me laugh. And like, I enjoy the show, and I remember I enjoyed season two as well. But I'm I'm not into it. Like I don't I have no desire, no motivation to watch it. If you're interested, you should check out the first Stranger Things episode that Pat and Joe do on the podcast. And they talk about how stranger things basically unenthusiastically rips off things and kind of doesn't give it its own spin. So they kind of like rip off Poltergeist and it and under the skin and they don't they don't do anything new with it and i, I kind of agree with that and because of that i just have no real desire to watch it even though like every time i do like i enjoy it so i don't know just real quick when i was watching edward scissorhands there's sometimes in that movie when winona Ryder reminded me of the girl from stranger things i forget her name but One of the wheelers. Are there anyone named Wheeler in that movie? Lucy Wielder. I'm, I'm, I feel tired. Lucy Wheeler? I don't know. On to the gaming beat. I've been playing Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble. I, I finished it in like two days. It took me like four hours. I like it. There's a different feel to it. Then the first two, I love the first two. I'm not sure which one I love more, one or two. It's hard because one is the original, but two improves on the first and it's really good also. So they're probably on par. Maybe I might like two a little bit better than one. And three, there's just a different feel. And But I kind of like the mechanics, like the world map mechanic and how you're able to do certain things and how you can upgrade it. Upgrading your vehicle allows you to access different things and I like that. I like that aspect of it. I like the additions that they did. It just feels a a lot different, so much different than the first two. So I I guess I kind of like it a little less than the first two. But I got towards the end and I had two banana birds left because there's like 15 banana birds you have to get to free the big bird in the corner in the cloud. And I got to this point where, like, I don't know what else to do. I can't. I could could search this map forever and I'm not going to find these last two. So I ended up going to YouTube and finding the solution. I don't know what most gamers do in that situation. Do do most gamers just keep playing until they find it? Like, do they find, is that fun for them? Or do they get frustrated like me and they're like, okay, I need to find a walkthrough. So, so anyway, I, so I finished three and I, I finished all the original trilogy now because now they're all on Nintendo switch online. So I started I continued playing Donkey Kong Country tro- Tropical Freeze but honestly I I kind of prefer the original trilogy. I I think it's a difficulty thing because the original trilogy is not that hard. It's 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 really fun, but the difficulty level is not that hard. And Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, the levels are a lot longer. There's like multiple checkpoints as opposed to just one halfway point in the original trilogy. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm lazy. Maybe I just like easy games. But I, I feel like I like Tropical Freeze less because it's difficult and it's a more difficult game. And then after dying a few times, I just want to shut it off and it doesn't help my case that in the original trilogy in nintendo switch online you can rewind you have the rewind function and then all of a sudden you play tropical freeze and there's no rewind function so i don't know like i like it but i kind of like it less because it's more difficult i think i'm just a lazy person who doesn't like challenges in his life as i'm recording this I wanted this to be a short episode because editing is like a real pain for me. And I have to, like I said in the last episode, I have to edit all these out. And I have to edit all these out. And we're at 51 minutes. These episodes have no business being this long. I I shouldn't have this much to talk about. but And I'm feeling tired. Anyway... This episode, I feel like this episode in particular is very low energy or maybe the whole podcast is low energy and there's not much I can do about that unless I take two in every time right before I record and I, I don't listen to old episodes because... I hate the sound of my voice. I, ref- I, ha- I listen to it once while I'm editing so I can edit all the gross sounds out. And then I don't listen to old episodes again. And at, up to this point, I haven't really told anyone. I haven't even told my wife that I started this podcast. I started like six podcasts before, like random podcasts that have now are pretty much defunct. And I told my wife about those and she would listen to them. But this one I haven't told her about. And I don't really share it when there's a new episode i don't I don't really share it on social media or anything, probably just because I'm embarrassed about my personality and my soul and anything I have to offer this world I don't want anyone to witness um and yet I'm trying to start a YouTube channel. What was I gonna say? I do have it on my letterboxd. For example, my profile says ch- check out the Odd Drummer Gaming YouTube channel and check out the Odd Drummer Gaming podcast. Again, the name of this podcast just makes no sense. There's, there's there's no drumming. There's there's it's not really gaming. It's more about movies. But um, whatever. I mean, some podcast names don't make sense. Like a podcast could a podcast name could be like Time of Light. Just three three random words and it could be about like anything like pizza or something so p- my point is people can name their podcast whatever they want let's get on to the main subject and get this episode over with so i don't have a lot to say about Lara croft tomb raider the original from 2001 i didn't think it was bad but in terms of my personal enjoyment i i just got nothing out of it it didn't engage me in any way. I didn't, it didn't affect me in any way. I wasn't into the story or characters or anything. It was, it was, it was just nothing to me. The weird slow motion effects bothered me. The CG. the CGI wasn't terrible, but it was pretty bleh. Angel, Angelina Jolie was fine in it. She's a beautiful gal. Everyone was speaking in a British accent, including Jolie, including joe lee and ironically a young daniel craig is in it and i think he's speaking in an american accent which makes no sense um you got the guy from game of thrones in there he was fine the action wasn't that great i don't i don't like like the unbelievable flips like the the movie opens with her i think jumping down a rope and doing some weird flips and i i really i don't really like that and it's just like overly flashy overly campy and i just i'm not a, i'm not a fan of that type that style of filmmaking i never really played the games so i can't really comment on that and i ended up watching the sequel because i purchased the two pack blu-ray on ebay for like 10 bucks also i read that director simon west directed the music video for never gonna give you up by rick astley and that did not surprise me one bit. So like I said, the the movie beat, TV movie beat, probably took up 30-40 minutes of this episode. And I'm already done with my review for Tomb Raider. This first one, just, I got nothing out of it. It was just on the screen and I watched it very unenthusiastically. And it was a nothing for me. And that's all I have to say about that. Just kind of a bummer, I guess. That's I wasn't even mad about it. Like, I didn't think it was a bad movie, it was just nothing. Anyway, it's almost eight o'clock on Wednesday, December 23. My dad celebrated his 74th birthday on December 20th, along with my online acquaintance, Sirin, aka Rogue of Light TV, on Twitch. And my brother celebrated his 38th birthday yesterday, as well as my sister-in-law, Pam, um so by the today is Wednesday this is going to come out next Tuesday which will be like a week after Christmas so if you're listening and I don't think you are I hope you're well I hope you pursue your passions I hope you bring your ideas out into the world in a productive and positive way Um, I hope you had a nice Christmas. I hope you have great holidays. Take care of yourselves and stay safe. Uh, Follow me on the socials at odd underscore drummer. My whole life is an identity crisis. My whole life is an identity crisis by Thrice, the band. Um, Take care, stay safe. Thanks for listening and keep on playing.